Well, hey, everybody. Happy Easter. Great, great to see you. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm part of our preaching team. And man, we got a lot of folks here today, huh? This is pretty great. So I want to I wanna hear who's out here. So if you are over 40 years old, let me hear from you. If you're over 40. All right. If you are ages 20 to 40, let's hear from you. All right. All right. Not bad. All right. What if you are, what if you are ages 10 to 20? That was really weak. Let's hear it from the 10 to 20s again. All right. Now I need to hear in just a minute. I need to hear from the kids, the kids who are, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. If that's you, are you here today? Let me hear you kids. Yeah. Awesome. What is so good to, uh, so good to hear you all. Do I need to move back, Bobby? I'll move back. All right. I got all this shade. I wanted to be in the sun. Oh, well. So I asked, uh, I asked some people today, uh, I, or I asked some people this week, I said, hey, tell me the most important thing about something that you know a lot about. So I went to a lot of my friends and kind of knew different things that they're good at and said, hey, what's the most important thing? So I asked John Cronwald, what's the most important thing about drinking good coffee? And he said, it's how you grind it. You got to grind it fresh. I asked someone else about what's the trick to making amazing carne asada? And they said, you got to use lemon juice and the marinade. I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. I would have thought it was the quality of the meat, but it's the lemon juice. I asked uh, someone whose uh, dad was a coach. I said, hey, what's, what's the secret to being a good athlete? And uh, he said, having good genetics. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, kids. <laughs> Probably ain't going to happen for you. Uh, I asked someone else, hey, what's the secret to being good at board games? Anybody like board games? And they said the secret to being good at board games is you got to be good at detecting patterns. I uh, asked another friend, I said, hey, what's the secret? What's the most important thing when it comes to investing? He said, buy low, sell high. I said, actually, I think the most important thing is have money. Uh, so different people have different ideas about this. I, I asked one friend, hey, how do you, what's the most important thing for making a great sandwich? He said, oh, if you're going to make a great sandwich, you got to have competing contrasts. You got to have chewy and crispy sweet and sour. I asked another friend, uh, what's the key to swimming? I actually asked my wife this. She was a swimmer. She said, you got to get streamlined. You got to be fast. Uh, I asked another friend, what is the, uh, what's the most important thing to being a superhero? Kids, any idea what's the most important thing to being a superhero? It is protecting people is the most important thing. One last thing I asked a friend is I asked somebody, hey, what's the, what's the most important thing when it comes to powerlifting? And he, uh, he said it's eating a lot, which means a lot of us have been training for powerlifting for most of our lives. What's interesting is I looked at all these different categories, all these different uh, areas where it's important in, to, to know something, what's the most important thing. The thing that was interesting is almost everyone I asked said, man, that's really hard to narrow down. I don't know if I can tell you the most important thing. It's hard to just pick one thing. And it's hard to know for sure what the most important thing is. But when it comes to Christianity, here's the thing. It's not hard to narrow down. And it's not hard to know for sure. 
because the scriptures have made it absolutely clear. In the passage that was just read for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 6, the apostle Paul writes that I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. The gospel of Jesus, the, uh, the, the celebration today that we have with Easter is, according to the Bible, the most important thing. There's a lot of different things in the scripture that are important, but the most important thing is this message that we have today. The Apostle Paul tells us that it's the gospel. That word means good news, and the gospel is news. It's not advice. A lot of times we think Christianity is advice. We think it's stuff that you ought to try this, and you ought to go there, and you ought to do this, and don't do that. But the gospel that Paul preaches is good news. It's gospel. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also Receive. This is significant. The gospel of Jesus is always, get this, received, not achieved. Everyone say received. The gospel of Jesus is received. It's not achieved. Even the apostle Paul, who many of us would say, oh, he's definitely one of the holiest men in history. Even for the apostle Paul, this good news had to be received. He was on his way persecuting Christians. He was on his way not interested in following Jesus at all. Maybe that's where a few of you are today. And in the midst of that situation, the Apostle Paul was interrupted by the risen Jesus. And his life was changed because he received this message. Here's the message that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and he appeared to so many people. So let's just break that phrase down for a moment. First, of first importance, Paul says, Christ died for our sins. Everyone has sinned, the Bible says. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all broken God's rules. We've also broken God's heart. And because of that, a penalty had to be paid. There's consequences when you break the rules. Kids, do you know this? There's consequences when you break the rules. But Christ died for our sins. So Christ got treated like a rule breaker, even though we were the rule breaker, so that we could be treated like the perfectly obedient child, which is what he was. You know, there was a kid uh, whose dad had told him over and over and over, hey, you got to turn in your homework. If you don't turn in your homework, there's going to be consequences. If you keep forgetting your homework, there's going, to be, there's going to be pain. And so once again, the teacher called home and said, hey, he forgot his homework again. That's pretty funny, huh? And so the family sat down for dinner, and they had made a big feast that night for dinner. But at the little boy's plate was just a one little piece of bread and some water. Everyone else's plate was filled with meat and potatoes and gravy and all the stuff you're going to eat later. And everyone sat there for just a moment and the little boy started to look at his plate and looked at everyone else's plate and his heart began to sink. And his father, who'd planned this all along, reached out and took the boy's plate and exchanged it for his plate. And the father ate the stale bread, while the son, who disobeyed, feasted. Christ died for our sins. He took the penalty that we deserved so that we could have his best. But the story, get this, the story doesn't end there. Tell somebody it doesn't end there. 
It says Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that on the third, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. He was all the way dead and then all the way alive. I love that detail that Paul says he was buried. Hey, just in case you think this was all kind of make-believe, no, he really was buried. And in fact, there were uh, soldiers guarding the tomb who, when Jesus actually was risen, these guys ran for their lives because they knew they'd be killed because they didn't protect it well. He was buried and he was raised. Now, this happened according to what Jesus said would happen. Jesus, multiple times throughout his ministry, had told people, he said, listen, I'm going to be betrayed in Jerusalem. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be scorned. I'm going to be crucified. And then I'm going to rise three days later. Now, here's the thing, friends. If you can predict your death and your resurrection and then pull it off, we just believe whatever you say. We're just going to follow you. Jesus was buried and he was raised. And yet here's the amazing thing. Even though Jesus had multiple times told people, this is what was going to happen. I'm going to be buried or I'm going to die. And then three days later, I'm going to rise. He, he told his disciples that over and over and over. And yet think about this. That morning at the tomb, there was no one outside doing a five, four, three, two, right? No one was counting down. No one expected this. Even though Jesus multiple times had said he would die for our sins and he would be raised, nobody believed him. There's Jesus resurrected, returning to physical life. Listen, friends, the hope of Christianity is not just life after death, but it's life after life after death. It's the resurrection. It's a return to physical life, a return to life as we knew it, only without sin. That's the beauty of the gospel. Paul says this is of first importance. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised. And he says multiple times in accordance with the scripture. So this was predicted a long, long time ago, hundreds of years before. It was predicted that the Messiah would come and he'd suffer for sin and he'd rise. And then it says this in verse five, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Paul wrote this in the lifetime of the eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. These were events that took place. Listen, friends, Christianity is not an idea. It's not a philosophy. It's a historically real event. It happened. It happened. And Jesus was risen from the dead. And because Jesus was risen from the dead, any of us who put our trust in Christ will have our sins forgiven, will have our sins buried, and we will be raised to the newness of life. If anyone is in Christ, Paul writes, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. And the reason for that is because of what Jesus did in his resurrection. We don't have to stay sad because Jesus didn't stay dead. Amen? Amen. So the question is, how will you receive this news? How will you respond to this truth? Will you just keep trying to achieve a good and meaningful life? Or will you actually receive a meaningful life from Jesus? Some of you, you've been trying, you've been grinding, you've been working, and you've kind of met all these goals and you've gone, this just isn't that fulfilling. It's not. It wasn't meant to be. You were not meant to have a life achieved. You were meant to have a life received. What will you do? Will you remain in your sins? Will you remain far from God? 
Or will you turn from your sin? The Bible calls that repentance, turning from your sin and turning toward Jesus so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you could be united again with God. And what will you do? Will you have hope only in this life? Friends, we didn't get to do this last year. I don't know if you remember. Remember some of you uh, sitting at home watching on TV? That was crummy. (laughs) But what this last year has taught us is that anything else that we hope in, death and suffering can take away. But the message of Jesus Christ is that death and suffering can't take away your joy. It only enhances it because it leads you closer to your resurrected life if you're in Jesus. So what will you do today? Will you rely on yourself or will you trust in him? Will you work to achieve or will you humble yourself and receive? Will you confess your sins? Because the scripture says that if you'll confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to purify you from all unrighteousness. That's the opportunity today. In just a moment, as Seth said, we're going to celebrate baptism. And the beautiful thing I love about baptism is that this is not a way of anyone achieving anything, but it's just celebrating the life that has been received. This is the most important thing. To gather like this for any other reason, not big enough. But this is the most important thing. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you today for the most important news of the gospel. We thank you that we do not achieve new life with Christ, but that we receive it. God, we thank you that you gave your life in Jesus for our sins, that you exchanged the plate of punishment for the plate of blessing and abundance. God, we thank you that you have made us new and raised us to new life. And God, as we celebrate today, God, I pray you would fill our hearts with joy that is not circumstantial, that is not philosophical, that is not ideological, but that is historical and real and rooted. God, I pray that we would see you as the king that you are. And we pray it in Jesus' strong name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing.